Hello and welcome to the Southside Church podcast. For more information about Southside Church located in Cape Town, South Africa, visit southsidechurch.co.za. We hope that you enjoy the message. Now, we are celebrating two years and we're only at the start of the legacy which is going to outlive us in the future. And so on Sunday, the 21st of July, 2018, our community celebrated the launch of a life-giving church called Southside. And uh, Janine, my wife, and I were called and appointed as the lead pastors for this great church in this beautiful community. And in this period leading up to our launch, um, we felt God impressed on us, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. And it's these words, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We knew that God was starting a new work in our community, and we believe Southside Church, that this is only the beginning. In 2019, together with our congregation, we began multiplying our influence and impact in the lives of others. And we launched a second morning service. We launched youth and life groups. And then in 2020, we felt God call us to begin going, going, to courageously go in the direction of His Word, stepping into new places, spaces, stepping into ourselves and dealing with our demons so that we could find freedom, stepping into places where we could engage with new people. As part of going beyond the boundaries of our building, we began the process of getting together a social justice arm in Southside Church with the employment of a justice champion. Amid all this advancement, little did we know how history would bring us to this point where we're almost forced into going beyond what was familiar by doing things like preaching on the new platforms of social media and feeding people in communities most impacted by COVID-19. When I reflect, I believe that God's call to go this year is a word which he intended us to hear when he knew people would feel limited from forward progress by the lockdown. Southside Church, we've just begun our journey as a life-giving church called to be a light to the deep south and beyond. Southside. God is building his church and the gates of limitation and restriction in lockdown won't prevail. We are still on a mission to follow Jesus and lead others to a God-inspired life. And as we remain faithful in the present, the time will come to enjoy the fruit of our faithfulness together. And so as we begin, I wanna pray for us this morning. Father, we look back over the last two years at the birth of a new thing that you were doing in your church in the deep south. We reflect on the shoulders of the giants which laid the foundations for us to begin this exciting new journey. And we celebrate how much you have done in a two-year period already. 
Father, I pray that right now, Holy Spirit, you would fill our minds and hearts with a sense of fire and vision for the future we have begun to write together as your local church on the earth. And I pray that as we remain faithful, you would release fruit that we could see bore in the future. Father, we pray that as we are faithful, you would do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine in our personal lives and the lives of others to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Two weeks um, ago, uh, we spoke about like the common experience of grief that people are feeling in the season of COVID-19 and we labeled it as ambiguous loss characterized by uncertainty. Uncertainty that affects us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. This season right here is applying pressure to every aspect of our humanity, all the way from our physical health to our emotional state and our spiritual well-being. Physically, there is uncertainty around health with the coronavirus. Emotionally, our minds are filled with fear and anxiety about the future. Spiritually, we are isolated from community. And it's important that we recognize that there is a spiritual warfare going on as much as a physical one. And both are against an unseen enemy. Ephesians 6.12 in the New Testament reminds us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I'm telling you now, there's more attack on marriages, people's personal lives, their mental state, their faith than ever before. And so you and I together as the church are united against one enemy while we go on one one mission. And we need to protect our unity because where there is unity, God commands a blessing and we want God's blessing in this battle. Just a bit earlier on, uh, before Ephesians describes our battle against spiritual forces, it tells us in Ephesians 6 verse 10 that we are to be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Man, we are experiencing a level of spiritual warfare as much as there's the emotional pressure and physical pressure of the season. And we need to be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Now, our strength isn't in what we are given, it's where we're positioned. The word in here when it says be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power describes the strength that is found inside of something. In fact, the word in there in its original form describes inside. Now, when I was a kid, we lived in a road that had a lot of traffic down to the station. And um, I would ride my bike outside. And I remember one day, I think I was about five years old, I'm riding my bike and suddenly I see the top of the road, this really rowdy drunk guy walking down the road. He's cussing, he looks aggro. And as a little kid, I get a little bit afraid. I feel threatened. This guy's like shouting at people around him and he's walking down the road toward the station and closer to where I am. And so what I do in that moment is I go to the place in which I feel secure and safe. I go inside my father's house. 
I go inside. Even if that man had been a real threat, which he wasn't, the strength of my father protecting his home and the boundaries around the house would keep me safe. The power I needed for protection was determined by where I positioned myself in my father's house. And Proverbs 18 verse 10 says, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Now to position myself in God is to depend on the word and him through prayer. The word of God and prayer. Now, what often happens to us in the face of fears and the scenarios and pressures we're feeling in this season is that we focus on running from the enemy instead of toward God. We focus more on getting away from the enemy than getting closer to God. And then we feel like God has abandoned us. Like, God, where were you in all this? But as Pastor Craig Rochelle says, if you find yourself far from God, remember, he isn't the one who moved. Our struggles and suffering should lead us closer to God, not farther away, not further away. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Come into my house because those that are in the Lord will find a strength. You see, it's in him that we will find strength and rest. Depending on the word and him through prayer. But the enemy we are fighting against knows this, so he gets onto the battlefield of our minds and uses his weapons, lies, in order to lure us away from God to make us question our faith. He wants to see us isolated from God and others the same way he sought to isolate Adam and Eve from their intimate union with God in the Garden of Eden. Interesting that like he still works today, he whispered doubt into the mind of Eve around God's word in Genesis 3 verse 1 when he said, did God really say you must not eat from, the, from any tree in the garden? Did God really say he would save you? Did God really say he would never leave or forsake you? Doesn't look like he's met your expectations. Did God really say he would give you a breakthrough? Let's not forget, often when God doesn't meet your expectation, it's because he is going to exceed it. Just because your life isn't going well doesn't mean God isn't good. But the enemy wants you to believe otherwise, isolating you from God and others. And we know God's word says, the enemy's like a roaring lion looking for those whom he can devour. The way a lion hunts is by chasing a group of animals until one gets disengaged from the group. And then they zone in on that one that's isolated and has become vulnerable. And it's the same way the enemy's seeking to work in this season. He wants to isolate us from God. He wants us to become convinced that just because life isn't good, God isn't either. He wants us to believe that somehow God has abandoned us and that he's failed to follow through with his promises so that we lose our faith altogether and push away. I wanna encourage you in this season, as God's people, we need to draw close to God where there is strength and then we need to draw close to each other because that's where we find support. Our strength is in the Lord and our support is alongside others that love Jesus. And so it's important 
that we embrace and draw close to God, get into his word and pray like never before instead of starting to lose our faith and question him. And secondly, we need to stay engaged and committed to each other because that's where we find our support. Strength in him, support in each other. Now, there's a moment in history where God exceeded the expectations of the Israelite army by giving them victory over a giant through the courage and faith of a young shepherd boy called David. The Israelite army were afraid and they were hearing these words of doubt uh, uh, shouted by the giant Goliath as he stood in the valley. A little like the devil when he says, did God really say? And with every word from Goliath, the army become more afraid. And so they sit there uh, paralyzed by fear. And then there's a young man, David, and he catches wind of, of the situation. And as he's giving food to his brothers that are part of the battle, he hears that there's a reward for the one that will go and fight the champion Goliath. He goes, hey, I believe in my God. I've got faith. I've fought other wild animals and I'm willing to go and take this guy out who dares to defy my God. And so with the faith, we see uh, Saul, the king of Israel, that's leading this army, looking at this young man and thinking, well, I don't expect you to win, but you are really relentlessly asking for the opportunity, so that's okay. He's like, cool, okay, you can go down there. Look, I'm not expecting much from you, but let's remember that when God doesn't meet your expectations, it's because he's going to exceed them. And so here's the little guy that looks like he's not gonna get much done. Saul is like, uh, look, I'm so desperate, I'm gonna give you a go. And then it's interesting, because in 1 Samuel 17, 38, it describes the way Saul engaged with David just before getting onto the battlefield. And it says, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I can imagine that moment right there. You know, it's like you can hear the Rocky music playing. You know, I have the tiger, here's the man. And then the king himself takes off his armor. You know, it's one of those emotional moments. And he's like placing his tunic on David. You know, it's like the, the, the music's playing in the background. This guy's about to go to war. Saul is assuming that David has to wear the armor like all the other soldiers, even to just stand a chance because he doesn't expect much. And then in the midst of this, I would assume that David would stand with a chest out, maybe raise a sword and speak in some kind of Scottish accent. And all the warriors would go, rah! behind him. It doesn't end that way. In fact, this is, the next, this is the next response from David in that verse. I can't go in these. I'm like, oh, that's really a killer of this moment I'm picturing in my mind. He's like, I can't go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Saul put it on, saying this is right, and David took it off in disagreement. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. And many of us will know if we've read those documented pages in history, David defeated an enemy the Israelites didn't expect to beat. 
The Israelite army's expectations were exceeded by God through a shepherd boy. But here's the interesting thing. David couldn't wear Saul's armor like all the rest of the highly experienced soldiers, yet he was fighting the same battle. That's because unity is not uniformity. David disagreed with Saul on wearing his armor, but it didn't stop them from fighting the same battle. For you and me, unity is not always about agreement, but commitment. Unity is not about agreement, it's about commitment. When I disagree with my wife, I don't divorce her. I've made a commitment for richer or poorer, for better or worse. Therefore, the commitment brings us back to the table until we find common ground. You protect unity not by agreeing on everything, but by being so committed that even when you disagree, you can get around a table and process it until you find common ground. Southside Church, I believe God is going to exceed our expectations the way he did for that Israelite army working through a young shepherd boy if we continue to follow Jesus and lead others to a God-inspired life. But that will all depend on whether our unity is built on commitments. If Saul or David had allowed their disagreement on the armor to determine whether they were in unity, David may have never been able to confront Goliath and the Israelites together would have never seen the workings of God that exceeded their expectations. None of us expected COVID-19 and lockdown to happen in our lifetime. But often when God doesn't meet our expectations, it's because he's going to exceed them. And all we need to do is ensure we protect that process by drawing close to God in devotion and drawing close together in commitment. I am with you, heart and soul. Ephesians 3.20 tells us that now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. That is our prayer, that is our vision, that is our dream. The glory of God being handed over as a legacy throughout all generations forever and ever. We're not building a club here. We're extending the kingdom on the earth. We're not, we're not uh, investing in business. We are sowing financially into the expansion of the kingdom of God on the earth. We, we, we're not doing someone a favor for some kind of organization that's just an NGO. We have the privilege of bringing who we are and serving the purposes of the sovereign creator of the universe as he calls us and invites us to be part of building his church on the earth earth and we believe that God has called us to leave legacy for all generations and that will happen when we protect the process by drawing close to God in devotion and drawing close to each other in commitment and so my prayer for us today is we are celebrating two years of the great work God has already done is to commit to continue going as God has said go, to go into the future together. And we're gonna commit our hands physically in service. We're gonna commit our heads emotionally in meditation, 
on the Word of God. And we're going to commit our hearts spiritually in devotion to our Father, pressing in to find our strength. So where you are right now, I would love you as a partner of Southside or a person saying, I wanna become part of what God is doing at Southside. I would love you to join me in a physical act as we pray, an act that symbolizes our commitment to the course in going. So first we start with the physical, physical that's being attacked in this moment, the uncertainty and fear of the virus becoming a problem for us. And Lord, in the midst of the fear of the physical, we extend our hands physically. God, our hands are extended in service. Our heads emotionally are extended in meditation on your word. And spiritually, our hearts are extended in devotion. My God is your people, called us to go. Little did we know we would write a song with the words, at your word I will go, even when it leads me into the unknown. Little did we know this year that those words have become so applicable to a season man faces where there's so much uncertainty. And we sing, at your word I will go, even when leads me into the unknown. As I step out in faith, I know my God will make a way. So would you stand with me? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And because of this, Lord, we will go. We will go. And you.